Welcome to another episode of Bitter and Jaded. I'm your host, Joshua Scott, and today I have with me the coolest cat mom in the history of cat moms, my friend Maggie. How are you? Oh, man. Doing well. Doing well. Good. Well, tell people a little bit about yourself. What is, what is it that you do? Oh, man. Well, I, I tell people I'm an actor by trade because that's kind of what I, I grew up doing and studying. But I to do day to day, I work in uh, retail here in, in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. Oh. You know, the life of the starving artist. It's, it's <laughs> uh, but yeah, I work at, at a, a woman's clothing store. Um, I, I, I sometimes like I say, when I'm explaining it to my friends, I'll say, you know, it's probably where you've bought your mom a gift card to before. It's, it's sort of that demographic. Um, but sweet ladies all around. I work with great ladies. We've got great customers. So it's fun. It's fun. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm also a retail warrior or whatever. Uh, you know, that's my day to day. And it's uh, fun. Yeah, <laughs> soul sucking and terrible. Uh, but you know, it, it's just what I do to bring money into the house. And this here lately, this right here is what I've been hopefully wanting to do forever. But I don't know. Yeah. You know, we're all struggling artists in our own little way. <laughs> That's, it. That's it for sure. It's 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 a definitely in this you know day and age a crazy crazy year for sure. It's it's kind of fascinating how how everything is sort of upside down. But um, but yeah. <laughs> Gotta do what you gotta do. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So you said <laughs> that you are an actress. What is, what yes. does that entail? I have never met an actress, or at least. Oh man, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely. You know, one of the things I've always heard is a joke, um, especially when I was younger, and would tell people that I wanted to be an actor because I've known most of my life that this is sort of the trajectory that I wanted. You know, people always joked, just like, oh, well, you know, the old saying, "You're an actor, huh? What restaurant do you work at?" <laughs> so it sort of comes. <laughs> part and parcel that you know it's it's a hard career path and so you know I think a lot of people you know they either kind of give up on it young because it doesn't happen quick and fast or they spend kind of their whole life sort of dialing you know that fine line of you know kind of having to work these you know piecemeal jobs while getting to do your art form but if you love it I mean there's there's nothing else that you could imagine doing you know um I think about, I haven't done like an actual theater show in a while. And it's, I was thinking about it, you know, looking at your, your show questions I'm like, gosh, that's like, that's like medicine. That's like vitamins. How do yeah. you not, you know, haven't you haven't been able to do that in a while? It's kind of crazy, but you find other ways to, you know, get to do your art and, and play with it. So it's, um, it's pretty cool, but it's something that I always knew that I wanted to do, you know? So I couldn't, I couldn't really just put it down when you've spent that much time and energy in it it's sort of part of you. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. So you've been doing it since you were a little kid. Yeah. I mean, I always like, you hear like people say I've been performing since I was little doing little shows. It's <laughs> like that's just being a little kid, like little kids play pretend and they, and they do that. But I remember like vividly, probably I was really shy when I was very little. And then probably around like eight or nine, I started to do like impressions and like little voices. Uh -huh. And I realized that like I could make like not just my friends laugh, but like my teachers laugh. Yeah. And like the principal laugh. And like I'm going like, oh, so I kind of I I got an, an audience here that I didn't realize, you know, was interested in this. And so I started putting on like little shows at recess for people and stuff. And that kind of the more I did that, the more I got comfortable doing that, the more I was sort of like, I think this is what I want like to do. And so then it was sort of, you know, trying to put the pieces together as a kid of like, okay, well, what does that look like? How do you do something like that? And um, I think it was like maybe fifth grade, I did my first like big 
model talent agency, cattle call kind of thing. And the rest from there, it was like, all right, this is it. How do we, how do we make this role? So what was the first one? What did you have to do? Like, were you like trying to be on like some commercial or whatever? It was like, okay, so basically um, the way this works is like when talent agencies are trying to get like a big new pool of people and especially like kids, because obviously like kids age out of certain things and they've got to bring in new new blood. um, They'll have like these big conventions that all of these agencies go to with their, you know, new kids or whatever. And they go um, and all of the other like casting directors and, you know, producers and whoever is looking for this new talent basically shows up. And it's just like a weekend of auditioning in various capacities, whether it's like doing model walking or runway or, you know, like actual print stuff to commercials and, you know, like movie things. And so you're just like meeting all these people and constantly like in a whirlwind of like makeup rooms and then on stage and new makeup room and on stage. And it's a little overwhelming considering I done none of that before (laughs) like knowing what i know now and having you know been doing it for so long like in hindsight i'm like oof i should have practiced more i should have done you know whatever more but you know you're like 11 at that point you're just like okay i'm gonna go meet people and it's fun it's fine but yeah it's it's a little intimidating but um that was sort of my first taste of like what the professional side of it was Uh and realizing that like okay so this is a job this isn't just you know you're not always going to be like smiley making everybody laugh sometimes you're gonna hear people be like "Mm, pass like this not for you and so that was again harsh harsh reality (laughs) as like a kid to be hearing that but i think it was good because then it was sort of like it breaks down all the expectations and now then going forward it's just kind of like all right if i don't get it i just try out for the next thing you know (laughs) so there's like a whole mass of kids with this like a hundred oh yeah no there there was like easily like a hundred kids over this weekend that sounds like like an absolute nightmare Oh. It was in a lot of ways it was, but it was so <laughs> exciting at the same time. Cause again, you're just like, it's all brand new and shiny. So most everybody is sort of in that, Oh, little dots pretty, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it was definitely intimidating. There were definitely like certain kids who like clearly had been doing this a lot longer than others. And so it was like super easy for them. And they were like old pros already. And uh. you're sitting there like, you know, you and like the three kids next to you that have never done anything are watching this one kid audition ahead of y'all. And you're just like, why are we even here? Why are we even here? What is this? But, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was intimidating, but it was definitely, definitely an adventure for sure. Was there a, uh, was it, do you remember any of the things that you were shooting for? Was there like a, like a Cheerios commercial or like something? It was a lot more like generic than that. Like there was definitely like obvious copy. I think I had, I think I did a GIF commercial, like GIF Ooh, peanut butter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Choosy moms. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, um, no, I, I remember it being more like you were trying to just sort of get on the radar of these casting directors and other agencies or whatever that there might be. So that for future projects, they knew like, Oh yeah, this kid might be good for this or this could be good for that. Um, I'm sure there were some, like there were so many of them, there had to have been some that came in with the mindset of like, we're looking to cast these specific things coming up. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, like at the time, I didn't get anything from that. Like it was mostly just like the experience of it all. I was still very, very green um, yeah. and was old. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, I'm, I'm sure some came in purposefully, but most it was kind of like a, hi, nice to meet you. You know, this is the kind of stuff we're looking for. These are the kind of things that you should work on, that sort of thing. And that way it was really valuable. Actually, I got to meet 
so many people who were able to like give me like, you know, you're new to this. Let me explain to you next time what you can do better or what you can do to, you know, improve and, you know, take that and run with it. So that was really, really helpful for sure. I, uh, one of the other interviews that I did, I, um, turns out I worked with her, but they're used to, but she did a, uh, uh, what's it called? American Idol uh, audition. <laughs> and I was like, no way. I was like super stoked to find that out. And uh, this is the question I wanted to ask you when you were saying that is like, she knew in her little group, one of the people that was in her like tryouts or whatever, they actually made it onto American Idol. And then those little snot nosed 11 year old kids running around become anything. <laughs> You know, if they did, I have, I don't even remember. <laughs> I remember specifically there being this one kid because they had like almost like an awards banquet, which was sort of weird at the like very end of the whole weekend convention or whatever. Um, but it was supposed to be like, obviously, I think in recognizing that like, these are a lot of kids that are new to this. We don't want to scare them away from it because clearly like some of them do have talent or whatever. They were trying to like, you know, we felt like this kid gave the best commercial reader. We felt like this kid gave the best of this or whatever from everybody that we saw this weekend, which was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But there was this one little boy I remember who was like racking up these awards and it kind of started to become like, like an underhanded joke amongst the crowd. Like every time his name got called, everybody kind of chuckled or whatever. And they ended up getting to this one point where the guy's like reading it and he was like, actually, I'm going to ask you know, Carl or whatever this kid's name is, you know, come on up here real quick. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, you're going to help me read this. And he starts reading it. And it's because the kid won it again. He's like, oh, the kid that won the best Belvedere Bell was me. And so it was just like, uh -huh, <laughs> everything, you know, like, um, but I couldn't tell you where Carl is now for the life of oh, me. So Carl, he's probably hopefully, a... hopefully doing great. He, he seemed, he was always a nice kid whenever I, I hung around him backstage. So hopefully he's doing great. But um, yeah, that was, I really don't know where anybody else is. Should have followed up with Carl. He's probably dead in a ditch. I know. I should have. <laughs> Got to go find that like program. I'm sure my mom has that program. <laughs> so, well, speaking of your mom, is this like a family trait? Is this something that like you when you, your parents instilled in you when you were a kid? Like you should be fun and crazy. You know, not really. I mean, we my family. Everybody kind of loves a good story, and oh. like it's it's sort of funny. Like my husband sort of teases me because like, if you get me, my sister and my dad in a room, we're like the most long winded like group ever. Like it could take you know an hour to tell a, you know, three minute anecdote. Um, but no, I mean, my dad has always been super, super funny and into comedy and stuff. My mom actually did a lot of visual arts, um, when I was younger and, and through, you know, her adulthood. And so I sort of have had like, I feel like an eye for it and, and, you know, with my theater background, kind of the artistic side in that way. But I feel like everybody just sort of has their, their niche in my family and sort of runs with it. Um, and for some reason for me, just like making people laugh and, and telling jokes and stories and stuff and doing crazy voices was it. And um, <laughs> they had enough patience to put up with it. So it let me run with it. <laughs> so did you uh, take a lot of uh, like theater classes? Like did you take it in high school or go to college for it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so I did, once I got into high school, I took theater classes that were available. Um, and I did not my first year, my freshman year, I ran track, which was 
I was chasing a dream that was just not meant for me there. <laughs> but I, uh, but yeah, my sophomore year, starting sophomore year, I started really seriously doing theater then and trying to get more involved with like theater in my community too. Um, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. So I was doing stuff with like um, Charleston stage at the dock street and saw the Broadway theater. I did a ton of work there. Um, they're actually their producer there. Mary Gould is my voice teacher for a number of years and was fabulous. And I got so many opportunities through her. Um, but yeah, so high school really was when it hit hard for me, probably as far as like, this is a career path that I want. And that's when like, I guess, like the training of it really started. And I got really serious about that side of it. And that just kind of went all the way through college for me. Yeah. I've always, I yeah. don't know, I always thought theater was really cool, but also when you're in high school, theater's not cool. <laughs> it's, you have to sacrifice a lot of clout to yes. want to do the thing that's so much fun and so cool. Yeah. But yes, like it looks I so much totally fun, agree. but like, you know, you'd see the theater kids and you'd be like, oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I got really lucky in that the group of people that we had um, for like the, the core time that I was really heavily involved at my high school, it was a pretty big group of kids actually. And it sort of spanned like kind of all four years, which was nice as far as like having diverse perspectives and ages. But um, everybody was really, really, you know, tight knit and close within our group. And we mm -hmm. always all were hanging out together. Even if a show wasn't going on, we were going to be together anyway. So it was sort of one of those like, you know, yeah, if you want to be the football player that walks past and makes fun of us before rehearsal, we're like, who are you again? I, we, we're good. Like we, you know, we really, really don't care what your opinion was. And so that was kind of nice to always have, like, even if we weren't the coolest kids in school, we had each other's back. So we knew we had that, you know, back up there. So that was kind of kind of nice, sort of made it made it easier for sure. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. At least you had yeah. like a, a group to fall back on, you know, like we I for think sure. a lot of people would need that kind of support group in high school because boy, them kids are shitty. Oh my gosh. It was the worst. <laughs> well, then you uh, went to college. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember actually in college having a conversation with in the class, sorry, total segue, but with yeah. um, our professors was asking us about high school and what our experiences were like. And I remember saying, you know, high school to me just kind of felt like college with dumber classes and people were meaner to you. Like it just felt like a waiting ground. Like, why can't we skip this step and <laughs> just get to the actual learning part? But um, so yeah, college. <laughs> Was it a big difference in going to college for theater than in high school like high school was probably like more i guess chill yeah i mean it was like you took a class and you maybe did the show or you know something like that and college it was like every day it was i wouldn't say it was like conservatory training because i've done that too um and that's like really really hardcore you know all day long kind of stuff but in college it was more the like you're still having to balance um, everything because I went I went to Wofford, so the liberal arts school. So you you know maybe have a theater class and then you have a math class. Mm -hmm. So you're still balancing that normal you know school load. But I would say it's definitely more intensive in the like time you're putting in. And we got to a point actually where the school started to recognize the shows as like lab classes because they were like, Christ, these kids are putting in like you know like three to you know plus hours a night on top of their normal workload they're not getting done until almost 10 and then they've got to start their like you know paper for the next you know week or whatever like it's it's a lot and yeah so it was that they recognized that at the very least um but yeah it was it was intense um had a really good good faculty and 
definitely wanted it to be as professional as possible. So that was sort of the, that first training ground for that, like as an adult being like, okay, this is, this is how it's expected to be. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, but now you live in, in Greenville, that's not the hotbed of, uh, of performing arts, is it? Maybe, you know, something I don't know. (laughs) It's not really. It's, uh, (laughs) You know, I've kind of, I've been sort of all over to a lot of different hotbeds of performing arts and it always kind of became like a real, real struggle to, you know, survive and to make it work. Again, that the starving artist, always, you know, rears its ugly head. But um, yeah, Greenville sort of fell, kind of, we fell into its lap. Uh, we, we moved up here for a potential business adventure that didn't quite pan out. But we really like the area. And again, both my husband and I went to Wofford. So having kind of gone to school in the upstate, we were familiar with it. And we've got some good friends in the area. And so it was kind of like, well, you know, we've been moving so much. Let's just like take a beat, take a minute and just sort of see what we can do here and see what we can build here and really kind of decide, like, I don't think it's going to be the like forever place where we like make our permanent home. But at the very least, we can kind of better plan where we want to end up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's sort of it's sort of like our little soft limbo right yeah. now. It's it, <laughs> that sounds pretty good though, you know, just to kind of because if you if you've been struggling so much and having to move all over the place, you know, it'd be nice yeah. to have a place to call home, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. at least for a time, for sure. But oh. yeah, but it's nice. It's a cool area. Yeah. Well, how many places have you been? I know Jenna mentioned that you had been to London. Yeah, I studied abroad when I was in college my junior year. Um, I lived over in London and studied theater, which was great and was like super eye opening and kind of like, you know, I had up until that point, you know, obviously done a ton in college and then um, had studied at various times in New York. But um, but yeah, it was it was like a whole nother world. And it was it was so cool. <laughs> um, I joke, but like, kind of like half joke. Like if you told me like tomorrow, like, do you want to move? Cause we can make that work. I'd be like, let's do it. If it was, you know, I would in a minute would go back. Um, but yeah, it, it's gosh, I don't even know like how to describe it. Cause it was, our weeks were set up in such a way that basically the study course was surrounded by a show. So we would see a show on like a Thursday. We'd have, I think it was like Friday through Sunday off. And then when we came back on Monday, the like rest of the curriculum would be about that show we saw on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. So we were always getting to see live theater and then like immediately, you know, turn around and talk about it with our peers and with these amazing teachers who worked in the industry and kind of their perspectives on it and stuff. Um, So it was really, really kind of a cool experience to get to do that and just see like some of the best actors in the world. Um, Yeah, it was amazing. That's super rad. How long were you over there? Um, I was it was like a fall semester, so okay. you know, a few months. Um, yeah. but it was it was pretty cool because I actually my birthday was like the day I was going to be traveling back, or like day after I was going to be traveling back from London. So I got to end my London trip. All of my like friends that I had made, we had like an early birthday celebration right at the end before exams and everything. So that was super fun. It was it was neat because it was a the program was primarily American students just Mm -hmm. in this like British um, program. So we all kind of like knew each other or vaguely at least of like where each other went to school and what we were going back to and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, So we all got to kind of stay in touch in that way, which was really, really great too. That's cool. Well, you said you got to see some super awesome shows. Like what shows did you get to see while you were Um, there? Gosh. Um, So 
My favorite was probably I got to see at the National Theater. Um, they did a production of Breck's Mother Courage with Fiona Shaw, who easiest explanation for her is um, Aunt Petunia from the Harry Potter films. Oh, really? <laughs> and she is, I mean, she's like their Meryl Streep. Like she is phenomenal. And to see her do that show, I actually saw it three times because it was so good. <laughs> um, and the third time I was fortunate enough to uh, stay after and get to meet her back, like after the show had ended when she came out. Um, and that was sort of a crazy experience in and of itself because it was a matinee. So it got done at like, you know, five or six in the evening. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, even if there's like, you know, a wait, it won't be that late because it's it's still kind of early in the evening. She's going to, you know, change clothes, maybe say, hey, some people, and then she'll be heading out. And so all the other actors are kind of, you know, piling out. People are saying hi to them and they're leaving. And it gets down to like where it's been about maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And I'm like, gosh, it's been a kind of a minute. And there's myself and these three other people are standing around. We all kind of pile up together and it's me this older Scottish guy, uh, this young English woman who's a writer, and this uh, girl from, I want to say she's probably about my age, she was from Spain, who was a director. And we all had just been so captivated by the show. This was like our second and third times for all of us seeing the show. We all had had the same idea of like, this is the one to wait for, clearly, because it's one of the last shows. She'll surely come out quickly. Well, what nobody told us until about an hour and a half into our wait when a security guard came out was that she was actually giving an interview at the time. And so they were oh. like, it's going to be a little bit longer. And at that point we'd all become friends. So we're like, well, wait, we're cool. We're, it's good. It's good. <laughs> so around 10 o'clock, she finally comes out. By this point, we're like besties. We're all cracking up and goofing off. And she comes out and it's like a party outside. Cause she's finally arrived. Yeah. And she comes out and she's like, man, y'all are dedicated. They told me y'all have been waiting. <laughs> y'all are dedicated. Like, <laughs> worth it. Worth every minute of it. Um, but she was super nice. She stayed. She chatted with us for a little bit. That's awesome. And um, kind of talked to us about the show and stuff. So yeah, that was that was one of the like highlight best moments ever for sure. Um, other shows that I got to see, I was able to see um, James Earl Jones and Felicia Rashad and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Oh, which cool. Was um, and then I saw War Horse was like that big horse puppets on stage yeah always that thing's like, amazing always gonna be. that thing's amazing it's so good <laughs> <laughs> so good but yeah so I, I was really really fortunate i got to see a ton of really great great theater um but yeah that was that fiona shaw moment man that was that was killer <laughs> it's a little inside baseball but like when you wouldn't seen this show three times is that out of pocket or is that part of your uh like it was Two of the times was out of pocket. The first one was like part of the tuition, okay, right? Just because okay. that's part of your, you have to see shows for the class. So that was just like part of the paid for it. Um, the second time I actually saw my parents were visiting me. Uh-huh. And so I was able to be like, you guys want to see a good show? I know where to take you. And they were, you know, thrilled. They thought it was brilliant as well. Um, but that, so that was, that was on mom and dad's time. Thank goodness. <laughs> but then the last one that I saw, I got like a super cheap, like student back of the house, you know, ticket or whatever. Cause it was just like, you just gotta be in the room. And that's, it was such a like spectacle kind of show that even if you're in the very back, it's, it's still great and worth yeah, it. So that's yeah, awesome. that was really great. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's, that sounds like super, super fun. Like I, I love going to shows. We haven't been as many as we like, you know, that's the last vacation we took was like two years ago and we were able to see, uh, we've seen Phantom and, nice. uh, I forgot what the other one, was. we saw Lion King and mm-hmm. something else. Uh, we, were, we went to New York. It's my dream place. Eventually, you know, I'll live there. 
forever and I'll, they'll we'll never be, be neighbors. able to kick me out yes we'll be neighbors oh, yeah. that'd be so sick i could pet your adorable cat um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know we always wanted to go there and jenna made it a reality uh, a couple years ago That's you know awesome. we, we wrapped it we got everything we went up there and it was oh Oh, it was so fun, you know, and just something about a live show. It's like, it's like a concert, you know, I talk a lot about music yeah. on this show somehow. I don't know. Um, and there's just something like a feeling that you get when you're in the crowd of, you're just like, you're in this moment, everyone is here. And it's like, yes. it's like magic. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You feed off of that. And it's, it's magic for the audience. And it's just as much magic from like the actor standpoint, like the actors that do theater, they do it because of that feeling like yeah. that moment oh it's it's yeah magic well what kind of shows have you been in have you been in anything like crazy awesome or at least that you loved <laughs> oh my gosh i you know i really i have loved so many of the performance that i did i'm trying to think like really really crazy out there ones that i have been on i loved um one of the shows that i did i think it was like end of my junior year and college was called big love and it was based on a Greek um, play that was like one of like the oldest plays ever written, basically. And it's this crazy, crazy story that is just so like out there from like our normal everyday world as far as concept that I remember it being a really, really spectacular piece, both like visually to be a part of and to see, um, but also as far as like content, it was really cool. It's um, short and long of it. It's basically the story of uh, two brothers, one had 50 daughters, one had 50 sons. They promised that at a certain point, the 50 would come together and all get married. Mm -hmm. And when that day comes, the daughters decide, yeah, we don't want to do that. And they run away. And it's the story of basically their reasons for running away and the kind of lives they want to live and the brothers coming to try and find them and claim their brides and kind of all the chaos that ensues within it. And it's like, hilarious and heartbreaking and just like all of the you know adjectives you can think of that come with relationships yeah. and you know, growing up and just all of that um but the the show itself is written to have these big like kind of spectacle moments that you know you don't normally get to see and so we had this crazy set with like this giant grand staircase and this huge pair of boots that we would be climbing on throughout the show um they're supposed to be that like the guys helicopter in at the, when they finally take their first entrance. And so we have these like crazy lights going throughout the theater and this loud, like helicopter noise. <laughs> and then the guys start climbing down from the rafters. So it looks like they're actually like incoming um, while the girls are like running around trying to hide all over the stage and stuff. It's crazy. But yeah, that was probably one of the like biggest spectacle shows I had really ever done up until that point. Yeah. Um, and then after, Gosh, after school, really, I did a lot of Shakespeare. Um, that was sort of my niche when I was doing um, a lot of theater in Charleston, like right after I had graduated from college and came back from New York. Um, I really enjoyed, I got to play Ophelia in Hamlet. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, really special um special performance for me because it was done like modernized, which was really cool. I always can appreciate a good modern Shakespeare, but the set that we were in was like an old, um, like church, like assembly hall, basically. Uh -huh. So it had this kind of weird eerie feeling about it. And like our backstage area was 
literally like the outside courtyard of this, you know, building. And so we all kind of, you know, in between scenes, we got to sort of hang out outside, which was really, really cool and different. And there was like a cemetery right off to it, which sort of added to like the creep factor in some ways, (laughs) considering (laughs) certain themes and elements of that show. Um, So that was probably, you know, it wasn't as maybe necessarily like a spectacle kind of show, but as far as like emotional standpoint and being able to like have your moments as an actor to really reflect on the next thing that you're about to go do, um, you know, going and laying out in front of this building on a gurney for my like funeral procession scene, because they're literally going to come through the front doors of the building for this funeral procession scene. Like, <laughs> crazy, crazy moment, but like something I would never forget because it was just like such a a rare instance that you get to have like that kind of thing as a performer. Normally yeah. it would be backstage, you know? <laughs> that's that's really really rad so like i don't know anything about like theater like how long does it take to get a show up and running like months do you have to do this every week every night you have to prepare for yeah it? it really really depends on the like company or group that you're doing it with mm-hmm. um i've had some shows that you know maybe take Usually on average, I would say if you're doing like a community theater thing where everybody's got a day job and they're coming in in the evenings, you're usually coming in most evenings during the week, Mm -hmm. um, like probably starting around like 530 or six going until about nine. um, And you would do those kind of things. They can then kind of work out, though, like based on your schedule or what part your cast has. Like if you don't have a huge, huge part, they're not going to call you every single night. They're just going to call you for you know, okay, Tuesday and Thursday, we're just doing this guy's scene so that, you know, he can be here on time or whatever. Um, So that kind of, that can kind of work with you in that way. Um, When I was in school, I mean, if it was a semester show that was like a big production, we would take the whole semester to do it. Yeah. I know that we had shows during our like interim month, which is basically like a January term, and we would turn over a musical in that month. So it was every single day for, you know, eight to 10 hours, you're rehearsing in some capacity so that, you know, within three weeks, the show's ready to go. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. So it really, really depends on kind of what time crunch you're under, you know, a bigger professional theater, if they're going to have lots of shows in their season, then that's that much quicker of a turnover for those rehearsals. But a lot of times when they have those kind of shows, they have like a company that works with them and then they sort of fill in the extra parts with the people, maybe from the community or people they've worked with in the past. So that company group, they've probably had their scripts for, you know, at least, you know, already a month ahead of time so they can be kind of working on it and ahead of it before they get into the rehearsal room with everybody else. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds busy it sounds and, and stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. I, I like I, I kicked myself because actually the last show I was supposed to do, I ended up having to drop out of. And it was like right down to the wire. Like it is one of my like deepest and like saddest moments um as an actor that I had to do that, both like on my part, because like obviously you want to finish what you start. Yeah. And then also for the, you know, the cast and crew that I had put them in that position. I like I kicked myself still for it. But it's because of that, like it it just was the burnout is real. And like you get to a certain point where it's kind of like, you know, OK, I have to work because I have to, you know, live. I have to, you know, be able to take care of my my household and stuff. But at the same time, like this is what I'm most passionate about. Like, how do you how do you balance that? And it's it's hard. It is really, really hard, hard work, um, especially for people who are, you know, working multiple jobs and doing that at the same time. Like I give so much credit and kudos to them and 
There's a reason I have not done it in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you need a little bit of a break. (laughs) You know, you you spend all that time with these people, even if it's only like a say, like even with the shortest one, we only have like a month to pull it off. You know, you're spending as much humanly, like much time as humanly possible with these people. So, like, they do become family. Like, you'd have to think, like, these people, like, you might as well invite them to Christmas. (laughs) Exactly. No, definitely. I still, there's a ton of people that I keep up with, like, and it's funny because it's sort of like they're markers of like where I have been in places in my, you know, theater career that, you know, I, I think about my classmates um, when I studied in New York after college at Stella Adler, I had, a, we had a really, really tight knit class. I think there was like 16 of us and we all still keep up with each other yeah. and we, we really like are constantly rooting for each other. And even though like some of us have like totally gone off the acting train and are like, you know what, I'm going to just kind of do my own thing and have a family or, you know, people who are still super serious. I have a guy, um, friend from that class who he lives in South Africa and he's doing like TV and movies and stuff. And anytime anything pops up for anybody, it's like, thumbs up all the love likes like sending messages back and forth to each other because we're just so did you see what clay's doing i'm so excited (laughs) um so but yeah it's you really really become really close when you're working with people like that and getting to know because you have to i mean you kind of have to pour your soul out when you're doing this work so you really really get to know these people and you know what makes them tick what they love what they hate and it's it really is like a family it's awesome yeah yeah. Um, well, what do you prefer doing? Like you said, you've been saying you're doing a lot of like theater stuff. Um, is there any other like things that you do? you ever try like some like comedy or more drama types or do you like the, you know, I don't yeah. know, different types of theater? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like, I feel like most of what I have done, again, I've done a lot, a lot of Shakespeare. Um, that was sort of my wheelhouse for a long time. And, you know, with that comes both, you get the comedy and the tragedy, which is really, really fun. Um, I've done a l- probably I'd say more on the like dramatic side for theater than I ever did with like the comedy, mm-hmm. but it was really, really, um, it was funny because I, when I was first started at, at Stella Adler after coming out of Wofford, you know, I had done a lot of really serious acting roles at Wofford and, I had mentioned to one of my teachers who said, you know, if you guys have any preference for what you really want to learn or or do as far as scene study, let me know. I'll try to make sure I cast you in appropriate things. And I told her, I was like, you know, I kind of wouldn't mind doing something a little bit on the lighter side or whatever. I feel like I've done a lot of really serious stuff. And she kept putting me in these comedic roles. And again, it was like being back like at eight years old again, where I'm making these people laugh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could do this kind of thing. And, um, and she, I remember her telling me like, why don't you, why haven't you done more of this? Like everything yeah. you've told me that you've done or that you brought in yourself have been so serious, but like, this is a wheelhouse Like you can definitely do this. So I've definitely in knowing that have tried to more through my like adult career, tried to lean that way where I could, or tried to find more of that. Um, I would love to get into like doing stand up, but it kind of terrifies me. <laughs> 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 like it seems so much fun and I've got like a notebook that I'm like constantly writing stuff in Same. and trying to come up with ideas <laughs> but it's sort of like the oh how do I even begin um and then voice acting actually I have a really great friend who sort of always knew he wanted to be a voice actor and always talked about it and he and I would do we went to college together and we would do voices and impersonations with each other you know behind the scenes and um he really started to get more seriously into it, got an agent, started really working with it. And he kind of was like, you might, you might look into this. You might, you know, enjoy this more than you think. And so 
he helped me record a demo and kind of getting to hear myself in that way for the first time. It was sort of like, holy cow, like that actually was a blast. Like I had so much fun getting to, you know, portray these characters, whether it was like a cartoon character or again, like a GIF commercial or whatever. Um, Getting to do that and not having that pressure of like the physical acting side of it necessarily right there in your face or having the audience right there watching you the whole time, like having to only rely on your voice and what you are putting through that microphone is like a whole new challenge for me. And so that's become kind of my like my new thing that I'm like really, really into um, right now working toward um but yeah that's yeah, that, that's pretty yeah. cool and that can be very lucrative there's some people out there yeah that are well and killing. you can and you can live anywhere really yeah. that was sort of the thing so it was kind of like again and living in greenville it was sort of like this is an opportunity where <laughs> i don't i don't have to be in a big city necessarily to try and do this so well i don't want to call you out but you mentioned twice now you would do voices can you do any voices <laughs> for me Come on, Miss Voice Actor. Um, yeah. So, okay. So when I usually get asked this or it gets brought up, it's first and foremost, always kids. Kids huh. always call you up first. So I have to admit most of my like quick, fast ones I can give you are kid ones. So like um, I, I can do a good Elmo. I can do a pretty good. Um, let me hold on. Oh, hey, Josh. <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> Holy crap. That's fantastic. <laughs> So let's do a uh, good Elmo. I'm a, a fan of the oh, oh, oh boy, little <laughs> Mickey in there sometimes. <laughs> it's oh. um, yeah, those are sort of the like first uh, first instinct ones. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Is there? Were you looking for something more specific? Well, uh, Jenna had mentioned a, a little Chris Farley action, and I, I uh, oh, <laughs> would oh, prefer. <laughs> You're living in a van down my road. <laughs> That's awesome. It was so much easier when I was a kid. Why? Why was it easier then? Because <laughs> you were able to fully commit and realize that the That's stuff it. you're saying, you That's know, because kids they don't the, think about it, you know. <laughs> the full body movement, the yeah. full range of movement. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that was that was the the closing act usually for my my <laughs> impressions. I would do playground impressions. That's awesome. That's, I've never been able to do any voices or whatever. But I was also that dumb kid who would like to joke around and, and make uh, jokes and make everyone laugh because it's just so much fun than being quiet. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> it would get yes. me in so much trouble. Were you? That's a question. Were you one of those kids that was always in trouble? Because every single day of my life, I was in trouble because I was talking too much in class. But I just wanted to make my friends laugh. <laughs> I was like, I like, I rode the fine line of being like Little Miss Teacher's friend, uh, where it was like so good all the time. But then, yeah, like talking was definitely my downfall. Like I would get in so much trouble for talking usually when we weren't supposed to. Because I think for my mindset, it was sort of like a, well, like if I've finished my work and I can see they finished their work, we've got downtime here. Why should we, why should we not be allowed to enjoy ourselves? <laughs> but um, then there's that whole everybody else thing is, is in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I was usually, if I was going to get in trouble, it was for talking more than anything else and, and trying to make people laugh. But, but you know, again, when you get the teacher, get teacher on the laugh train. Yeah. Then you, that's how you, you got to learn to parlay it. You know, you gotta, you gotta figure out how to, 
get the teacher laughing too, and then you can at least get a couple extra seconds out of it. Uh-huh. I've definitely uh, gotten some extra points from just making my teachers laugh. I don't know, my parents would give me so much crap about it, but I would just, I would just, like, <laughs> the older I got, I would be like, oh, these kids don't even get my jokes anymore. So, I mean, now my new audience is the current teacher. And, uh, Curls before <laughs> because they control my grades. And so, if they think I'm funny, I mean, they're not going to fail the kid who you think's funny. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Or at the very least, you're going to warn the kid, like, hey, hey. you're funny. But, but you might want to study next time just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so what do you think is stopping you from being the world's next, uh, I don't know, Robin Williams with your comedian career? Because you're already oh, on stage. You're already talking all the time. You're doing voices. You got like all of it except what? A stage? I'll get you a stage. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's kind of it. And I, you know, I have actually like the store I work at, everybody kind of knows now. Like they've got if they if they've shopped there long enough to know me, they know that like Maggie's the actor. And so I have like these ladies that come in and ask me, like, so are you doing anything coming up? I can come see. I want to come see you do something. And, oh, that's um, fun. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I've hit like I hit a little bit of like a wall after that last show when I had to kind of dip out of it where Mm -hmm. I'm sort of like, I guess I'm afraid to disappoint. I'm so afraid that I'm either going to disappoint myself or my other castmates or whoever is working with me. Um, And I know that like shouldn't let that be the determining factor. And I shouldn't let that be what's like controlling what direction I go in. But it's it's definitely been a challenge to build that confidence back up. And so I've tried to kind of use that time that I've had to sort of like work more on like the writing side of it and the like, okay, well, if you want to do this and if this is something you want to do, you're going to have to have material. So where does that begin? Right. You've got to start writing. And that was something that before, you know, I always kind of fell into just, you know, auditioning for a show because I've already got a script and I just have to learn the script. Right. I feel like I want to um, kind of really start to like put my voice out there more in a way that I hadn't in the past. And so I'm trying to figure out how, I guess, to do that. I got so you. I've been l- less concerned about trying to like just get on that stage real fast and more what do I have to say when I get up there? Because I want to make sure that I'm I'm saying my thing this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ever do decide to hop on a stage, just send us a message and we'll, we'll drive up to Greenville. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Done. Done. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing I keep noticing, your, your little furry friends running around, and I also threw oh it in God. our intro. Uh, you are the best cat mom, according to my wife, that there's ever been. And your is, quote, is so trying to make them live the feline American dream. Now, what is this feline American dream you've, I've heard so much oh, about? Oh, man. I mean, I think it's it's rainbows and sparkles. It's <laughs> catnip and wet food all day, every day. Um, it's all the sunny spots. It's all the warmest spots. <laughs> it is every piece of furniture you own. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I... I I got really, really lucky in that the two little critters that my husband and I have adopted are so sweet and so dear and just hilarious little creatures. One of them is literally staring at me right now like, you're talking about me. I know it. I um, <laughs> but she, they're, they're just our little clowns. And we, we have so much fun with them. And, you know, I kind of I would post pictures or little videos on Instagram about them on my own Instagram for a while just because it was, again, they were doing funny, silly stuff. And I was like, I want to share that. That seems cute and more and more out of the woodwork we kept having people that we didn't know or had never met before who were commenting and loving their their stuff and I was like well 
there's clearly an audience there that you are not the only ones who think they're hilarious. So let's, let's, you know, give the people what they want. So, <laughs> so now they have but, their, their own Instagram now is the stardom getting they, to their heads. Uh, definitely Bobby for sure. Wednesday already knew she was a star. So that was never in question. <laughs> so is it Wednesday after the Adams family or? Yes. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. She's a little tuxedo cat. And actually when we first adopted her, um, it was funny when we were like checking out or whatever, we noticed they had a board written down with like all of the kitten families they had brought in that week. And one of them was like a little Adams family group Mm -hmm. and they had like a bunch of the boy names, but I think they only had one girl in that family unit and her name was Morticia. And I was kind of like, Oh, that's funny. Adams family group, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And throughout the evening we kept sitting there. We're trying to think of a name for this cat or whatever. And I, you know, we both, had noticed this little Adam Stanley thing without saying anything to each other. And I was like, yeah, I saw they had a Morticia. That was funny. But, you know, she's a girl. So when Zach just was like, Wednesday, and I was, that's it. It's definitely, she's totally Wednesday. And she has totally and completely lived up to every ounce of that name the longer we've had her. So it's, <laughs> it was perfect. Um, and then, yeah, we've got our little Bobby, who's our little, she looks like a little bobcat. And um, it's just, crazy crazy little creature but yeah that's with them one same bobby man oh that's good well, you know you're There's... out there living your best life in greenville you know you and your cats and your husband how, how long have y'all been together oh gosh so we got married in 2014 we started dating though when um i was a sophomore he was a junior in high school so oh. we've been together now actually at this point we were looking at it from our last anniversary we've almost been together longer than not as far as like our ages and and things line up so that's kind of crazy to think about but yeah it's it's been many many years and um couldn't wouldn't have it any other way yeah he's great good yeah. good that's like me and jenna you know i met her at uh i went to college to go learn uh and uh we went to like this, you do yeah like, like you, you do. do you know <laughs> i i pushed it off for i went like i graduated i'm like i'm not going to college so i went and worked in a warehouse and i worked in a warehouse for a couple of years and i was like i probably need to go to college so i go to college <laughs> and it's orientation and i'm sitting there in class and i make a terrible awful joke and behind me i hear <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> Uh oh, right? And I was just just being me or whatever. And then she gets put in my group. And then we, ever since then, we got together. We have been inseparable. We both dropped out and <laughs> got married. And we've got our crazy house with our own crazy set of cats and animals running all over the place. And it's been the best. So I may not have gotten an education out of my college time, but I got my wife, and I think worth That's it. Totally, <laughs> totally worth it. Absolutely, absolutely. that's awesome yeah she's absolutely insane yeah uh she um ended up messaging me like on facebook or whatever completely out of the blue i'm just so oblivious to everything i was just like yeah sure we should hang out and uh you know we go on our first little date and we do our little thing and that's been lord i've been married to her for i don't even want to say a year because she yelled at me i'll probably get it wrong but you know it's just great i like i like talking to people who seem happy you know and you sound like you're super happy in life <laughs> you know, we've had so many crazy things happen to us and i you know i joke sometimes with you know especially with everything going on in the world this year and things you know people saying they want things to get back to normal they want things to get back to normal and i've sort of like developed this mindset and idea of like you know normal is never promised normal is not a real thing 
if the universe wants to, it will rip the rug out from under you and never give you a rug back. So just, you know, be like water. You've got to be okay with where you're at and what you're doing to try and, you know, move yourself forward. And you can't put any like preconceived expectations or notions on that because you don't, what past you made a decision about, they had no idea what the present and future you was going to have to deal with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. I I end up writing stuff down for I always say it for future Josh, um, you know. So like I'll I'll like there'll be things in my phone or or stuff like that, and then I'll think about it and be like, oh, that's for future Josh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not like normally that it's not like inspirational quotes. It's normally like terrible, terrible jokes or puns that I thought of um, that uh-huh. eventually become my passwords. But I'd be like, hey, pass Josh to give me a good idea. It's <laughs> amazing. That dude's hilarious. That. Oh god. <laughs> I don't want to give away my secrets, but one day I'll uh, I'll read out all these jokes that I have on there and there. Uh, anyway, Perfect. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> well, what kind of crazy stuff have you cool kittens gotten into? Jenna mentioned something <laughs> about going to California and that not going going well. to California. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> we've our, our lives have been very much dictated a lot uh, as far as like adults by like okay where where's the next thing where are we gonna go and um well after we got married we really didn't know what we were gonna do or how we were gonna figure things out we were living at the time with my mom um trying to figure out you know do we want to stay in charleston do we want to move we had talked about moving a ton and we had the opportunity to move out there um for a job my husband got a job opportunity out there and um we went it was sort of crazy, just the moving part in and of itself, because he went ahead of me and like started the job, kind of got established. We found a place. Um, and then I was back home, like trying to get everything in order for the move part of it. And we decided that because we had the cats and we had done a bunch of research and heard that like cats don't really like to fly. It's not always the best option for them. It's like, okay, we're going to road trip it. Let's, we've always wanted to do a big road trip. Like yeah. this seems like an opportunity. Um, and man, oh man, were they troopers. But yeah, so we, we road tripped cross country, uh, to San Francisco and on the last leg of our trip. So we pull into Salt Lake city, Utah, the last night, basically the next day will be the last day on the road going into San Francisco. Um, that night, everything we own got stolen. (laughs) Oh my God. We, um, I literally, I walked out to the car to put our suitcase in the car for the next day. And we had our little Forester and we had like a little just U-Haul attached to it, um, like a trailer. And I come out and the car is there, but there's no trailer. And we're like, oh, where'd no. the trailer go? So had a minor freak out, talked to the hotel staff. They get us in touch with the police. who gets us in touch with the highway department. And, you know, we have all of this time where we're trying to figure out what to even do or where to go. Um, and we finally are like, okay. We're going to start trying to head out. Um, and as we're heading out of town, we see the trailer on the side of the road. No way. And totally. It was insane. Uh, it was actually on the other side of the highway. So we had to get off, loop around, and head back into town. Um, but it was empty. There was nothing in it. Oh. And at that point, the highway patrol had been notified too. So they met us there. And um, they were like, yeah, there's um, there's been a lot of people coming out of the salt flats and out of the desert, basically. They come to these hotels right on the kind of edge of town because they know it's a lot of people who are from out of town staying at it. And it's unfortunately, you were not the first this has happened to. I was just like, oh, my gosh, really? And they said, yeah, actually, you kind of got lucky. And I'm sitting there going like, excuse me, what? How did we kind of get lucky here? (laughs) Well, the last um, report we had, they had a full U-Haul truck 
with their car attached to it. And they just took the whole rig out into the desert, took what they wanted and lit the rest of it on fire. So, you know, pretty lucky they only took your trailer. (laughs) So that was crazy. We basically, you know, had this huge move and had just gotten married. So you think everything that like you register for and all that stuff, like everything is just gone at this point. Um, And so we, we, here we are in California with like nothing, literally nothing. We have, what we had in our car and our cats basically. (laughs) Um, So that definitely put things in a different, interesting and harder perspective as far as newly moving there. And then we quickly, quickly learned just how much more expensive it was to live out there compared to where we had been living. And that was kind of a big wake up call. And so we, after a lot of like soul searching and thinking about, we were like, you know, this is, I think we're just, it's too like new. It's too early in the start of all of this, as far as like our marriage and our lives together, that this is just not the right place right now. Um, especially having gone through that kind of event, it was just, it was too much. So we ended up doing another cross country move back to South Carolina <laughs> and lived in Charleston for a little while before moving up to Greenville. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite an event, but that, I mean, that to us, like completely reframed going forward, then like really looking at like what we need and like what really, you know, is important to us as far as, you know, we think about all of the just stuff that we had that was like just stuff. Like we didn't really need that. The fact yeah. that we had each other, we had our pets and we were safe. That was the stuff that was important really. And um, yeah. Well, I guess so. it was super easy to unpack when you got there. So easy, like the easy. <laughs> we literally pulled in at like almost midnight. And we're like, well, I guess pop the trunk. Here we go. <laughs> oh so my crazy. god, that's crazy. Were they able to do anything like for you? They were just like, sorry about it. Could the cops do anything or? I mean, insurance? the only no. I well, we did have like some insurance. It didn't cover like the total loss, which was unfortunate, but we were able to get some insurance um, back for what happened. Um, And the cops, the only thing that really ever came about as far as them finding anything was uh, my husband had had a gun in the trailer that was registered to him and everything was, was, you know, legitimate there, but it had clearly been taken into some sort of gang custody because when a guy got arrested, he had it on him. So it was like, we'll never see that gun again. (laughs) That's, at this point, we're like, that's okay if that's we fine. never see that you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that can just stay in Utah now. But uh, <laughs> but that really is like the only thing ever that we really ever like heard about any of it. Um, and it's we were joking actually yesterday. We were at the grocery store or something, and I think he we were like talking about a coat or something like that. And I, I think he saw my husband saw like a guy's coat and was like, Oh, that's kind of a nice, you know, length or a nice cut or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that reminds me of the one that you had um, like in college or something like that. And he's like, yeah, whatever happened to that coat? We both just kind of looked at each other and was like, it's probably stolen. It was probably stolen. Was probably stolen. <laughs> just if we can't find something, that's just the general line. It was probably stolen. <laughs> so, you got to find the humor in it, right? You got to find the humor in the tragedy. Yeah, I guess that's, Oh, that's so sad. But I mean, you know what? Like you said, it's just stuff. Uh, you don't. Exactly. You, you had each other, and luckily the cats for some reason weren't back there because then you would have lost everything. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, they were. They were. It, they were a hoot on this trip. Actually, they were kind of one of the saving graces of like even when things were super stressful, we always could like rally around them, just being crazy and goofy and and climbing all over us in the car and and trying to get comfortable and stuff. We. Learn very quickly that if you have a cat sitting in your lap and you're in the passenger seat, 
I do not like the windshield wipers going on. That really freaks them out. <laughs> um, and when you're driving through, um, where was it? It was like Wyoming maybe. And when it starts to snow, they actually will put up with each other and snuggle. That was, Aww. that was a pretty adorable moment. Cause normally they're not very snuggly, but it got just cold enough when we were waiting in traffic at one point that they were like, fine. And like, we caught them like snuggled down in their little, their little carrier together. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> would never have gotten that moment otherwise so yeah, traveling with pets is always fun we uh you know we live in the south so hurricanes um and oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we've had to travel more times than i would like to admit um just to run away from these big old storms and uh, i just remember like some like brief highlights like that was like we were uh one time we were with jenna's family and uh they had two of their dogs in the back of her dad's truck and they're mm-hmm. just driving down the road and they uh they had the window, like, you know, the trucks have those little slidey windows in the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They had, like, a camper over camper shell over it, so the dogs were back there. They were chilling. They loved it. Um, well, <laughs> I guess one of the dogs got scared, and it's a big dog, and decided to come through that window while they're driving down the highway. So I'm following him. I see him, like, swerve, and then we pull over, and they're like, the dog tried to come in the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, it's always... Always fun. Uh, another time is we had all of our cats, uh, plus my sister's cat. Uh, so I think it was a total of five or six cats in the in my car. Actually, it was Jenna's car at the time. And uh, we drove for like five and a half hours um, because of traffic and everything. And for five and a half mm-hmm. hours, they cried. And I was mm-hmm. the worst. So mm-hmm. I just, you would think, you know, I would think anyway, they would get tired or they get bored no. of, no, no, they're just going to no. keep doing that. And music no, and headphones do not affect them. They're like, whatever, <laughs> I'm just going to get louder, you jerk. That's it. That's it. You think you're going to dampen this out, not going to happen. <laughs> Generally, they were really only whiny when we like first got started like in the morning and i don't know if maybe that was just like that transition of like going from like kind of some normalcy in a hotel room you know two feet on the ground to back into a car and that was why they were grumpy about it but i do remember that like clockwork there would be like a 30 minute period when we'd first get on the road which is usually we tried to like get up and up like you know by seven or eight we're out there like going because we wanted to try and make the most of our time so, you know, you're like kind of half asleep, like I've been driving cross country and just for the first 30 minutes of your day, there's just a cat. Oh. <laughs> then eventually they'd settle down, chill out, and they usually would like nap for three hours and then wake up and be climbing all over the place. So it was, it was always an adventure. <laughs> Well, you guys seem extremely happy nowadays, and uh, I just—it's good to see. Like I said earlier, it's just so good to see people that are that are being happy and living their life. You know, um, yeah. you know, one day I'll see you on some big old stage or hear you on my favorite cartoon, and I'll be like, "Hey, I know that person. That's the that was goal, cool." Man. That's it. Pick the song. Pick me up. <laughs> well, uh, we've been uh, doing this thing for about an hour now, so before I let you go, I would like to ask you a final question. This question has okay. nothing to really do with anything that we've been talking about, uh, and Jenna wrote it. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, my gosh. No <laughs> okay. Listen, uh, sidebar real quick. Jenna is literally like our cat's like in-house artist for in- the end of all time. She is so, <laughs> we so love her around here. Like, uh, I, I love it. Yeah, she, Bring it uh, on. she uh, drew like, if you can see this in, scoot, scoot, scoot. Oh. I just got to mess it all up. It's Bowser. It's our turtle. You see? Oh my gosh, she did such a so good cute. job. I probably got to cut this out of the episode, her. but she did such a good job on the turtle. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> she's super talented. But um, the, your final question, I'm sorry I went on a weird tangent. Your final question no, is, I love it. Um, 
Okay, so I've seen this picture um, of you and Jenna in full head-to-toe windbreaker attire. Yes! What questionable fashion trend would you bring back in the present day to be totally normalized in everyday outfits? So, like, if you could make, say, windbreakers normal, would you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I... Like true, like that great Technicolor neon windbreakers from the 90s that like true 90s kids grew up with. I think, yeah, man, that would be amazing. If I could really, really do it up, what I would love to see is those like the classic, you think like light up shoes, like light up shoes of our youth. I need those in adult sizes like yesterday. (laughs) I think that's what so, so much of many people's wardrobes are lacking is like (laughs) lights, right? Um, Yeah. No, I, looking back, like there were so many questionable 90s fashion choices, but I, I was so comfortable. I feel like (laughs) we missed the mark on like now, like so many of the things that were regular clothes then as far as like sweats and joggers are now just like loungewear. I'm like, oh, let's bring that into the mainstream. Let's <laughs> let's get comfy again. Come on. We got a pandemic on. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at that picture every time I see it, it, just you can just tell that that wind does not stand a chance against you guys. It doesn't. <laughs> London fog, man. It was, they're not getting through. Not getting through. That's, That's actually something Jenna had said about the on your um light up shoes uh she has always wanted a pair of twinkle toes um but she says that she's got too big of feet and she can't ever wear them but there's Mm -hmm. a certain subset of girls that are even like her age or even older but they're so small and petite that they can still wear them and she says she hates them (laughs) i get it i get it a hundred percent i find that with a lot of vintage footwear like when i find like a really great pair of like heels or something that are maybe from like the 50s or 40s they're always so so tiny Mm. and i'm like why? Why were your feet so small back then? <laughs> Where are my girls with with the eight foot? Like, what? <laughs> Where were you? Where were you? Apparently, they didn't exist. At least, they didn't want no. you to know. They got yeah. boots. That's what they got. You go over there. <laughs> oh God, that's fantastic. Well, um, I uh. Is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything you got going on? A show you got coming up? Any like um, voiceover people not... you want to pitch? Friends, family, anything you want to throw on the show? <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, so many friends! I you know I'm always I know uh, there's a great new animated series on Netflix that a buddy of mine worked on. I wish I could remember the name of it right now. So just go watch all the animated movies okay. on Netflix. All right, you'll hit it. done. Um, no, I right now I really am focusing on I'm actually uh, playing around with uh, some ideas for a script that I'm thinking about thinking about doing um, again in that idea of sort of putting my own voice out there. I'm working on like a TV pilot right now. Ooh. So hopefully we'll see something from that in the in the coming months or whatever. But yeah, that's that's really all I got going on right now is just trying to keep my head above water and washing my hands wearing a mask you know (laughs) exactly exactly well thank you again for coming on the show and spending all this time with me it's been awesome you know you're super chill and funny and uh i I, I couldn't have gone any better i don't think so uh thank you yeah absolutely and if you're out there and you want to come on my show and be just as chill and funny as she is please hit me up there i have a website it's www.bitterandjadedpodcast.com or you can email me directly at bitterandjadedpodcast at gmail.com it goes right to my phone and we can just 
figure it out from there. You know, I'm a relatively simple guy. Just send me three things that you'd like to talk about, and I think we can handle it, you know? So, <laughs> um, but I always have difficulty ending the podcast. So, the thing I've been doing lately has been kind of fun. So, I just throw it to someone else because I know I can't do it. So, would you like to end the podcast for me? <laughs> you can say anything. Gosh. Gosh, it would be it would be a delight. This has been just a delight. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I will talk to you later, okay? Peace, okay.